With 13 five-star subscribers and three written reviews at the time this podcast was recorded, I'm not prepared to say that we've made it, but we are certainly on our way, thanks to you guys, the listeners. Welcome back, welcome in. This is Reteaching the Game, episode number four, Kyrie, KD, and the free agent frenzy. We're going to recap a little bit of what happened at NBA All-Star Weekend, now in the rearview mirror. The playoff push is upon us. We are going to talk about NBA free agency, right? 2019 and what it has to offer for us. We're going to talk about Kyrie. We're going to talk about KD and this Knicks nonsense that they, the both of those guys continue to get themselves tied to. We're going to talk about the teaching ties to this episode. Remember, we are here to talk about life. We are here to talk about basketball and basketball as the lens for which we view life. So greater lessons in store here. And remember, my background, my passion, my calling, my career, it's as a teacher, okay? As an educator, as an influencer. So I'm going to share some teaching stories of my own along the way with this audience, and I hope you will enjoy them. I know I do. And then finally, we're going to leave you with a TED Talk. At first, we started calling this the TED Talk of the Week, but it's turned into a TED Talk for each episode, and I kind of like that, and I think you guys are liking that too, so we're going to keep that going. NBA Free Agency 2019. What a class we we have ahead of us. The amount of highlights in store, they're limitless. This is one of those off seasons. This is one of those off seasons that people anticipate for an entire year. Right? For an entire year. People were talking about this upcoming off season last off season. People were talking about this coming off season last off season. So that should tell you where we're at in this market. You look at the names on this list, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Klay Thompson, DeMarcus Cousins, Jimmy Butler, Nikola Vucevic, Tobias Harris, Kristaps Porzingis, although he's overwhelmingly likely to stay in Dallas, Chris Middleton, D'Angelo Russell, Eric Bledsoe, Marcus Saul, Julius Randle, Al Horford, DeAndre Jordan. The list goes on and on and on. That's 20 guys deep. Nearly 20 guys deep. And we're talking about all legitimate impact players. So this free agent class has been anticipated. There are a lot of big dogs in this one. But if in case you miss what Adam Silver had to say about free agency, this is really worth highlighting. We're estimating, according to Adam Silver that between 37 and 40% of the league is going to be free agent this summer. That is a tremendous amount of players. And what happens in that process when you have guys enter in through the draft on rookie deals, that starts to squeeze some of the marketplace. Silver, when he was delivering the explanation of why it was such a high number, he cited the fact that There was a desire to push the curve with contracts a little bit closer to performance. In other words, these teams wouldn't get buried by these massive deals that obviously the player had no chance of living up to and it was a mistake from the beginning. And I get the logic of that. I think the logic is easy to follow. The problem with that becomes it encourages discounts in certain situations, right? Like look at DeMarcus Cousins, for example. 
It encouraged him to take a discount. Granted, his situation was unique coming off of that injury. But DeMarcus Cousins is not a $5 million a year player, even coming off of that injury. I'm sorry. That's ridiculous. So there's a downside to that structure as well. It also leaves players with less certainty, more volatility, and it shifts the power of balance back into the direction of ownership. And hey, look, at the end of the day, Adam Silver works for them. So I get that. But if I'm the players, right, I would be opposed to this. I would want longer contracts. I wouldn't even want a max deal. Who are you to tell me that we have to artificially limit the amount of income that we can have? Now, I understand why the max deal is in place. That's a whole different conversation. But if I were a player, it'd be a different perspective. And that's worth considering. So you're going to have 37 to 40% of the current NBA players be free agents. For the max guys, they're not going to have any problem getting their money. Right? That's not going to be an issue for them. But what happens is it impacts and shifts the supply and demand curve for those non-max players. Okay, those middle market guys, some of them become value guys. And obviously it's a tier, right? You have guys making 15 to $18 million a year, maybe $20 million annually, maybe 10 to $14 million a year, so on and so forth all the way down. But it shifts that curve for non-max players in the wrong direction. More, more than ever, at least in recent memory for me, for this host, There have been a number of NBA deals signed where you say, huh, that's a pretty good deal for the team. The max players are always going to get their money, max slot or not. But it's those other guys who it's impacting right now. And for that fringe talent, for that fringe talent, it pushes them out of the league. It squeezes the middle class and then squeezes the middle class hard. Look at Brooke Lopez. Brooke Lopez couldn't find a job before the Bucks gave him a a feel-good deal, basically, right? And you have to think that Brooke Lopez has obviously proven his value, that he's more than that player. But the fact that he had to take that deal speaks volumes. It's a whole different situation, but right now in Major League Baseball, with all of these proven Major League players being forced to take minimum deals or minor league deals even, It shifts the power balance in the wrong direction if I were on the player's side or I were a player. I'm an impartial observer in this role, right? But if I were a player, I'd be upset by that. It also impacts those prospects who aren't taking a traditional route into the NBA. So the NBA can sit here and preach the G League and promote these opportunities as a growth opportunity, But the reality is, because the market becomes so squeezed with controllable assets, if you have a guy in the G League who's deserving, it then becomes a harder road for that player to find his way in. If you have a really deserving 27 or 28-year-old prospect, but you have a young rookie at 20 on a three or even four-year deal on a rookie deal, of course, it doesn't promote a growth path for that particular 27 or 28-year-old prospect. And that's the issue with that structure. So it's great for the fans. It's great for social media discussion. It's great for the league because everybody's talking about it at a time where no games are being played. I mean, look at me. The offseason is my season, okay? That's where I thrive. 
But there is a downside to this too in terms of the human element. And I think we just need to be aware of it or at least acknowledge that and not just say, well, it's a two-sided coin, right? Adam Silver said, quote, so it's two sides of the coin. Some people could say, oh my God, look at all that player movement. On the other hand, a player movement could be very positive for a lot of teams. But what about the players? How does it impact the players? How does it impact their ability to make a living and over what period of time? After these guys are done playing professional basketball in the NBA, a lot of them, that's it. That's all they've ever done. So their earning window is much smaller. And I realize not a lot of people are going to be sympathetic to these guys making millions of dollars. I understand that. But for the guys making around a million per year or less in some situations, two-way contracts being a good example, they can't really afford to fall out of the league. This isn't about those top-of-the-market guys. Which is a great segue into two top-of-the-market guys. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Both of those guys will be free agents this summer, mark my words, 100%. And the Celtics have been very vocal about their intention to re-sign Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving sort of painted himself into a corner when he announced, on his own volition, apparently, his intent to re-sign. I believe it was like a Celtics ticket event or something like that, where he just sort of volunteered that information earlier in the year. Now he's telling everybody, yeah, we'll see. Right? And he has that right. I'm not mad at him for that. It's just sort of a weird thing to commit yourself to. Right, so the Celtics have really put the ball in Kyrie's court. Kevin Durant has really done a good job of controlling the narrative around his free agency. While some might not have enjoyed his tactics the way that I did, personally, he's done a good job of controlling the narrative. It hasn't been out of control. There has been a lot of smoke, and some would argue some fire, around both Kyrie and KD in terms of, A, their desire to play together, regardless of destination, but B, both of their desires to play individually and cooperatively with the Knicks. So we had this video from All-Star Weekend that was making the rounds on Twitter, and I'm sure that you've seen it. If not, please just search up Kyrie and KD video. I'm sure it'll pop right up. They're basically in the hallway together and they're chit-chatting and everybody's trying to read their lips and it's nothing of real significance. But if you wanted to invent a story with Kyrie Irving holding two fingers up, well, you could certainly invent one, right? And that's what a lot of uh, coverage has become. And that's not what we're here for. We're not here to invent storylines. But typically in the NBA where there's smoke, there's fire, right? There's at least an interest there. My skepticism, and please make no mistake of this, I am very skeptical of the situation coming to fruition. And this is mainly for two reasons. One of them is James Dolan. Okay? But the other one is, what do the Knicks have to offer? Right? Well, maybe Kyrie and KD will watch that little one-minute love video that was also made on Twitter and making the rounds. Some Knicks fan just spent too much time making this mini mashup. It's about a minute in length. It's got, I believe it's some Neo to the background of it. It's, It's a spectacle, to say the least. Okay, that's a spectacle. But what do the Knicks truly have to offer besides the video? Right, what do they have on their roster? Now, it's true DeAndre Jordan and Kevin Durant, right? There's a relationship there. That certainly doesn't hurt. But DeAndre Jordan's also a free agent. Are you gonna re-sign him? Possible. I don't know that it's probable, but it's possible. 
the Knicks don't have a lot of appeal. They have Mitchell Robinson, they have Kevin Knox, they have Dennis Smith Jr. Well, if they sign Kyrie Irving, right, that's a whole different conversation. Kevin Durant, whole different conversation. But there's not like the Knicks have this grand offer of something. They got a draft pick. Is that alluring enough on its own? It's hard for me to believe that, even if that player becomes Zion Williamson. But if Kyrie and KD are talking about potentially doing this after seeing the Knicks draft Zion Williamson, that becomes a different conversation. But right now, the Knicks have nothing to offer of real significance, of real value right now. It feels like a pipe dream. And I can't imagine Kyrie or KD walking away from their current situations unless they felt very certain about what was on the other side. It requires a leap of faith. It's hard to be the first one to take the leap of faith, right? That is one of the hardest lessons I have learned and that we learn as people because sometimes it's rewarded and it's rewarded beautifully and magnificently. And you are so glad that you took that leap. And other times it leaves you feeling vulnerable and questioning yourself. And that's hard. But it can't be a discouraging exercise. You have to be willing. But to be the first one is hard with anything. Okay? And and sometimes that leap of faith, whether it's Kyrie and or KD taking the leap of faith into what the Knicks have to offer, or whether it's me in the classroom investing into those people in there. Not kids people. Sure, they're kids, but they're people. They're becoming who they will be. And I have a direct influence on that. That's a huge responsibility for me. So this leap of faith that I take every day with them, it's because I want to invest into them as people. Because I don't care about what the matter. I care about their minds. I want to teach them how to think, inspire them how to think, not what to think. I'm not always right. I love being wrong. I love when people tell me I'm wrong. I love arguing. I miss my calling as a lawyer back in the day. But I just love good discussion, respectful discussion that can become emphatic and emotion-filled and people taking positions but not getting offended when it comes with good logic and good support behind it. This is why I teach. It's to be that person. Everybody needs someone. I was that kid in school who didn't need anything. I had friends. I always did well. It wasn't hard for me. I knew how to play that game. But I needed people along the way. We all need someone. We all need people to play roles in our lives. That's not selfish. That's reality. It's not that you're using people. It's that people fill roles in your life. Family isn't just who shares the same blood as you. Think of it that way. 
All right, that, that's real. That's what matters. Before we get out of here, right, KD and Kyrie, whether they're going to be Knicks or not, who cares? That's what makes it interesting that we have these discussions. But it's going to take a lot more than what the Knicks have to offer right now anyway. All right, before we get out of here, I want to leave you guys with a TED Talk of the Week. And it's not really a TED Talk. Go on YouTube, punch this in. The wisdom of a third grade dropout will change your life. Rick Rigsby. It's about 10 minutes long. Some of the highlights, just knowledge versus wisdom. Some people think those are the same things. They're not. You can have a lot of knowledge, but you don't, you don't necessarily have to be wise. Right? A lot of people have a lot of knowledge and they're not wise. And there are a lot of people who are wise that don't necessarily have a lot of knowledge. They're separate. And that's hard to understand, but those are two separate entities. And the thing that I really like about this video, it drives this idea of working with purpose, not just filling up time. And I see that a lot in today's society, and I'm sure you guys too, where people are just pushing papers across a desk, doing this to do something. They're not working with purpose. They're not working towards something. They're just trying to fill time because they don't know how to otherwise. Work with purpose towards something you care about. Even if that thing is yourself. Invest in you. All right. Can't wait to be back with you guys for episode number five. Appreciate you listening. Remember, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, leave that review. Appreciate y'all.